This message is brought to you by Living Faith Church. You can find us on the web at livingbyfaith.com. Sometimes you navigate the moment literally in the moment. You put hearts together and you go with what um, seems right to both parties. So this is a sacred moment, though. And um, for those just joining us right now... um, Something has transpired in worship that is somewhat different than we've had before. But we're going to navigate it together because um, I knew in my heart tonight was going to be a happening. Um, because what, what God is doing in the earth and what God is doing in the church of Jesus Christ, in the hearts of his children that know him well, um, is quite... Uh, profound profound even the moment that we are sitting in right this minute um, don't let it go because the music has stopped because what is transpiring with all of our hearts is far more than and Alex said this at the beginning that it's far more than music And the thing that is so supernatural, and Alex didn't even know this, but I was there just before we went into the really, really deep moment where the Holy Spirit basically took you over way major. Um, I was thinking the song, You're Worthy of It All. I was just thinking inside of myself, you're worthy of it all, Jesus. There's Your presence is the only way that an atmosphere such as this transpires this this isn't happening because we're sitting in a church building this is happening because our hearts are open and he's moving to us and through us and among us and this is a very very beautiful thing so even that to then put our hearts together because this is a school of word and worship so even to share that I would go to Alex and we would make the decision okay No, we'll move on. We'll move into the quote-unquote teaching time. Even things like that, I encourage you, be so prepared for growth and learning. Be so prepared to not pigeonhole the move of Holy Spirit in a box and say, well, this is the move, and these people are following him, and these are not. Because sometimes, just like this, The moment is sacred and you don't know exactly what to do with it. So you put your hearts together and say, this seems best. This seems good. This is what Alex is comfortable for. And so I'm going to navigate what I've got, but I'm going to do it by the Holy Spirit. Um, Maybe even, and don't be freaked by this, even more so than I would have before. Because I knew that there was something in my prep that God was saying. Um, There is an increased move and possession by the Holy Spirit that's going on in the church. There are people who are yielding in different ways. Yielding their hearts, yielding um, their lives even in a worship service. You know, we're increasing We're increasing in the depth to which we're willing to go with God. Anybody? 
hands up, but we're learning how to do that. This is the beautiful thing. The School of Word and Worship literally exists so that we come together and we say, Lord, we love the gathering. We love coming together in the church together. We love what you're doing in our lives, but we also want to grow in how to allow our lives to be so put together in unification, in unity in the spirit, that all the gifts don't just manifest in each person, but take this swirling magnificence that becomes a broad and vast and expansive expression of the goodness of our Father and the beauty of Jesus Christ and the power of the Holy Spirit. Amen? You guys with me? So I, I want to... Um, golly gee. Whew. We've been in a course that um, was... Now I'm going to try and remember the name and here I stand in this beautiful flow, like, but it was kingdom. I can't remember the whole name. I think it was kingdom and understanding something about your identity. And so for those of you online, you you had to be here to understand what's happening right now. Um, But I really felt like over the weekend, I was, Lord, what what is happening now? I I didn't think that this course was going to end. And I felt like he said, Wednesday, something's going to transpire and you will smoothly transition into the module on the person of the Holy Spirit. Well, isn't he just something else? That he basically possesses us by the Holy Spirit to move us into the teaching time over the next weeks of the person of the Holy Spirit. But I feel like I want to um, guide us into that, not just like, okay, this course ends and this course starts. And so I... I was pondering some of the things that we've studied together and and learned. And even in the time when we were um, having to do everything online. And the... um, Ralph, will you get my water, please? I didn't bring it up. I'm sorry. Um, When we were having to do everything online and we were studying... Thanks so much. We were studying um, behaviors and such in the kingdom. And I think sometimes in church... We look at behaviors like, this is right, and this is wrong. Instead of, okay, this is your word, Father God. You're ministering these truths to my heart. How will I walk these truths? How will I experience and encounter you in the midst of biblical truth? And one of the things that I've always felt was... um, a difficult thing for many people is the doctrine of the Holy Spirit, the doctrine of being baptized in the Spirit. And I think our tendency has been to take such a beautiful encounter and put it in a box and the Holy Spirit will come on you and you'll speak in tongues and you'll be able to do all kinds of powerful stuff. And yet, if we could understand this is... The gift that God promised, the gift where Jesus said, just go there and be ready because something's going to happen. And in Acts chapter 1, he says, and when, when he comes upon you, when he comes on you, you're not even going to be the same. 
He didn't say what would happen, what it would look like. He didn't even say you'll speak in tongues, though they did. So I want to I wanna look at this just a little bit tonight because here are some kingdom behaviors that we had looked at along the way. We talked about discernment one night, but these are key things that I picked out of it. Listening, awareness, and recognition are key disciplines in the kingdom. And that's so personal. That's not just sitting and teaching, sitting in church, and learning the beauty of biblical truth. That's, what are you saying to me, Father God? Am I aware all the time that you are with me and you never leave me? You see, I think there are some things that we know by doctrine, but encountering them literally and experiencing them and physically resting in that place, he doesn't ever leave us. You see, our brains, isn't that hard to comprehend? Because here we sit, just whatever, 50 or so people in this room. It's hard enough to comprehend that he would never leave each of 50 people. But to think that every one of his offspring, he never leaves. You see, that's not understandable with rational thinking. That comes by the power. Believing that comes by the power of the Holy Spirit. Some of what happened in worship tonight, I would say, are, are you really ready? Are you really ready for stepping into this next course? What is he going to teach us? What is he going to teach us individually? How will it affect this house, this region, this nation, this globe? As all of us together really let go and are immersed in Holy Spirit. Holy Spirit. Spirit that is set apart from the world system. How will he, I mean, I've said these questions in private with him. How are you going to adjust my thinking? Because you're flipping me out just a little bit right now. Even tonight, to, to even step toward Alex, I was like, what do you do with a sacred moment like this? It's so important, guys, that we hit a point where we're not afraid of the movement we feel inclined to do. He's not checking us like, well, she blew that one. We really, it's important to get to the place where we have so much nerve to be ourselves. To move and speak and interact together in the spirit. Are you all with me? So those are key disciplines necessary in our spiritual life. We must learn to discern things by the Spirit. Probably most of you could say with me, um, I think we've learned well, I can say I've learned well, to discern things by biblical truth, doctrine. Is this God? Is this not God? But I have found personally that there are times that according to what, how I know biblical truth, I think something's not God. And yet someone is completely overwhelmed by Holy Spirit. And they're actually encountering God 
Anybody else has that ever happened? I think we're coming to a place where we need to not take issue with certain things. We need to say, Father, I know you after the Spirit, and I'm going to purpose to know the people around me after the Spirit. I'm going to choose to agree that he's moving in this place. He's moving in this place. He was moving in this place tonight, and do you know why? Not because it's a church sanctuary. He was moving in this place because hearts were open. Hearts were receptive. Hearts were willing to say yes. And you may think you didn't say yes, but you stayed. You stayed. You see, there were times that when Jesus would move by the Spirit, people would look at him and walk away from the crowd. His own disciples at one point, he had quite a few disciples and he started teaching some stuff that flipped them out and most of them walked away. And so he said to the 12, you're going to go too? And they said, where would we go? You got the words of life. But think about a large portion of those that were walking with him were not prepared for the next move. Y'all with me? Biblical teaching Because I never want you to hear what I'm not saying. This is very important that you don't hear what I'm not saying. I'm like majorly a word person. Biblical teaching trains us and gives us the principles of truth. But only the Holy Spirit can move us, motivating our lives as the spirit of truth. In the Passion Translation, Acts 1.8 says... But I promise you, this is Jesus. In the Passion, they don't do red letter. But in New King James or King James, you'll see it in red. I promise you this. The Holy Spirit will come upon you and you will be seized with power. You know, seize is a really strong word. Seize does not paint a picture for me like I'm going to get a little touch and I'll probably shamatata a little bit and I'll want to sing a praise song or maybe a worship song, a deep worship song. No, seized, seized speaks to me that power is going to do something that I might not understand, might not even like. In the Old Testament, it is said of truth that when the spirit comes on you, he will turn you into a different man. Or woman, don't freak. In the spirit, we're not gendered. I promise you this. I would, I would say tonight for all of us, even just what transpired in worship, I would say when you leave here tonight, however you would interact with Father God or Jesus or Holy Spirit, I would encourage you to press into that truth that, okay, I'm, I'm ready to, to delve into some deeper wells that I know you've put inside me, Father God. You see, if you have any truth in you, your well is far deeper than what you're aware of. Take just a moment and pause and think about that one. You know, sometimes we feel just regular you ever just feel regular, like, I'm just a human being, and I love Jesus more than anything, but I feel kind of regular. I don't necessarily feel like this spectacular 
being. But you are. Filled with depths of power. You see, all of mankind are filled with depths of power. It's just that many don't know what to do with it. As we interact with God, there's a vocabulary or a language being built between us and God continually. We take things to heart. Do you ever hear things and, ooh, you take it to heart. You, you say, there's something in that. That's made me curious. That's, it might have annoyed you. You can read truth and it can agitate on the inside. Because it's coming in contact with something that's at odds with it. That's not a bad thing. That's a good thing. That's the Holy Spirit coming upon us, seizing us with a power that will train us astonishingly when we yield to it. There's just one teeny tiny issue. You want to know what it is? Promise you won't get mad at me? I want to hear everybody. Raise your hand if you promise you won't get mad at me. It's not unscriptural. Okay, there's some, yeah, there's, eh. <laughs> um, it may cause you to do something among church people you've never done before. Which means it'll put you on the spot. Doesn't have to happen in church. You see, being seized with power, I've I've been thinking about this a lot. And for a couple of years, I've been thinking, Lord, please help me with this whole baptism with the Holy Spirit thing. Because um, you really want the whole earth covered like the waters cover the sea. You paint pictures for us in scripture of flows, of Things being overwhelmed of people being seized with the power of God. You paint pictures for us of being turned into another man. Being so filled with power that we can heal. So captivated with power that we would care that there are people around us that don't think he's a healer. See, I grew up in a denomination that taught me that all of that was just to prove who Jesus was and it's passed away. So people that believed that taught, and there was a power that would seize those of us learning that, that would move us away from truth. Take a deep breath. Because there is a power of the Holy Spirit that wants to seize us once again in the church world. Causing us to be open to the way he truly wants to move in love and compassion and life on planet earth. And there are people that are going to come quickly to Jesus that we would never dream would get our terminology quote unquote saved. And then we might watch them be saved and think, that doesn't even look scriptural. 
I got so much wisdom one time. Well, I've got a lot of wisdom through 30 years from Pastor Barry, but um, one of them was that something transpired in a church service, and I always had questions. I always had questions because I was curious of the movement of God and the movement of the Spirit. And so this particular thing happened in the front here, and, and it seemed really wackadoodle and to me didn't feel good. And it felt weird. And so um, after the service, I went to him and I said, why didn't you stop that? I said, did you believe it was God? He said, no. I said, why didn't you stop it? And he said, he didn't tell me to. And I said, if it wasn't him, which we're assuming it wasn't, why would he not tell you to stop it? And he said, I don't always know that I've heard. I feel that I've heard. But unless I hear directly from him, I haven't seen everything the Holy Spirit will do. So I'm going to ask you guys tonight. Have you seen everything the Holy Spirit will do in the earth? Have you seen every type of human being that he'll save? Because actually every type of human being, his intention is salvation. And he's already paid the price for it. You with me? Some of what I'm doing is I want us to literally in this school on Wednesday nights... You know, if, you, if you're familiar with Sozo, dust yourself off. Let's, let's go to a new place. Let's let God tap wells that are inside of us. Each one of us, every person in this room, people that are watching us, have things in them that God can use to manifest himself, to manifest his glory, to manifest his goodness, to manifest healing, to manifest compassion, provision, calmness, peace. Is the world in need of peace right now? Doesn't that mean that we need to be seized with the power of the Holy Ghost? So what's going on around us doesn't captivate our attention and cause us to step into a position of fear and dread. And please, God, let this be over. You see, when our focus is, please, God, let this all be over. How can we minister what's necessary for that space of time? If we're seized with power, a power from darkness, how can the light and the life and the beauty of the Holy Spirit possess us in such a way to look into situations with, with literally having heard him, listening to him, aware that this is not of God and recognizing you want to use me. Marianne taught on Sunday that he wants to use us. He wants us to be possessed by Holy Spirit, not possessed. Please don't hear what I'm not saying. He doesn't just want us possessed by church doctrine. Because if that's the case, then all we do is judge people based on what we know, not who we know. Oh, please, are you guys with me? It's so important, but we're going to have to have the nerve, church, to be possessed by the Holy Spirit. Because not just this church, this church is not going to judge you for being possessed by the Holy Spirit. But some people go to churches where if you step outside that box... No judgment on them. I'm just saying it's time for us to have something besides just what I know and what I understand. It's time for us to step into a place of faith that I can say, you know, Father, I might even feel a little bit unnerved, a little bit scared, kind of unsure because I want to relinquish my will completely to you so that yours can possess me in such a way that not only will I personally live, but I can bring life. 
I can bring life because you see what was said was that Jesus, the firstborn, he was a life-giving spirit. But he was the firstborn among many brethren who are also life-giving spirits. Seriously, like right now, I'm like majorly into this kind of thing. Literally take a physical deep breath because I can tell I'm literally like almost holding my breath. (sighs) Take a deep breath because sometimes we get so tensed up in the growing process and it affects literally your physical body. If you don't breathe oxygen in and out, your muscles tighten up and then you start to feel differently physical, physically. And when you feel differently physically, you will step back and think, well, I don't know if I can do this. I'm going to tell you right now, revelation, you can't. That's why you'll be seized with power. But what will that look like? When we're alone with him, intimate with him, spending time with him, and he talks to me about, these are your frailties, Kathy. This is your fear. But why would you be afraid? I'm right here. I'm right here. I'm going to teach you. I'm going to guide you. You see, there was a time when even to step into such a sacred moment, I'd be like, there is no way I'm going to manifest the teacher gift in the middle of this. This is Holy Spirit. But then I learned, well, just go. Just go and talk to the person who you have in charge right now. What does he feel? And sometimes people have had such a beautiful encounter with God, they're undone. So it's like pleasure. It's yours now. So that the encounter can continue. God is doing some stuff in the earth, guys. The fact that you're here on a Wednesday night. Some of you have worked all day. You've done all kinds of things all day. But you're here at this time. I can't even see the clock because of these lights. At 830, you are here sitting in a church to learn and grow and fellowship with truth himself and with your brethren. I think you're seizable. Seriously. So I would say get ready. When you go home, your dreams tonight may be quite different. You may have some spiritual dreams. And when you wake up, don't poo-poo them. If they feel like, oh, wow, I see this detail, this detail. Don't say, well, that's just my wackadoodle behavior. Or maybe it's because that, that chick was talking crazy last night. And I just went home kind of unnerved. And No, say, Lord, were you saying something to me? Build your language with him. It may sound like common chatter or because he speaks our language. He knows how I'm capable of hearing him and how I'm not. He knows how to take this scripture and the spirit of this scripture and the spirit of the beautiful doctrine. Because I do, I'm like all about the doctrines of truth. That simply means teachings. But here's the bottom line. The greatest doctrine of truth are the doctrines of Christ. And the doctrines of Christ at their center And the beat of the heart of the doctrines of Christ is how he ministers this truth right smack into the center of each human. You're in Christed. You're in Christed. You might be having the thought right this minute, I don't feel in Christed. Well, you are. You're in Christed. 
And the fact that you sit in a place to listen to teaching about Jesus Christ proves it. You notice there are empty seats. There are some that don't believe that they're in Christ, but they may be born again. They may be church members. Nothing against any of it. But you've chosen to step further. So tonight it's almost like I'm saying to you, are you prepared what that might mean? So we interact with God and we get a vocabulary, a language. We take things to heart and value them and delve deeper into them, exploring truth with him. Do you know your language with the Father yet? Probably many of you do. You know how he talks to you. Are you ready to learn more vocabulary in that language? You've had some things taught to you that have prepared a nest for what he's doing right now in the earth. You know, we have the right to ask questions. I ask some really pointed questions, many of which I would never tell anyone, ever, nobody. Just Jesus and Father God and the Holy Spirit. They're the only ones that know. I won't tell. And you can have those too. If you don't already. You can have questions, concerns, um, agitations. I would encourage you to search the scripture for individuals who in the past. And some of it the ancient past. Have had encounters with God. Not unlike yours. Oddly similar. That's what he said to me today. He said, you do understand people in scripture had encounters with me oddly similar to yours. And they had the nerve to write about them. I'm going to read a few scriptures to you because I want to delve a little bit into um, the real truth that my heart would be for you to gather tonight is, is that every single day, every one of our days is meant to be an experience with God, encountering him in every moment. And therefore our day would be the action of us being immersed or baptized, saturated and drowned in spirit. Not just, okay, we had good worship tonight and I believe he baptized me in the spirit. Anybody believe that sometimes we're casual about some of these doctrinal truths? You know, sometimes we'll seek a fresh baptism Nothing wrong with this, but sometimes we'll seek a a fresh baptism because we're desperate or we're in need or whatever. And there's nothing wrong with that. But do we even press into it to say, I've asked you, I know you came and did it. Show me some things of what you've done. Show me how to know that I've experienced you, Father God. Sometimes, pardon me, it'll be something you felt or experienced and tangibly. Maybe it'll be that a scripture comes up in you. 
and he takes you to the Bible. You know, ever had an encounter with him and just all of a sudden a scripture pops into you, just out of the blue. I've gone there before and thought, hmm, not what I thought it would be. And I'll still ask questions. Why did that pop up inside me? Because here's the bottom line with even an encounter like that. If a scripture, if a chapter and verse pops up inside of me, surely he's touching me somehow. Even if I picked up on a scripture that isn't going to necessarily profoundly impact me, just that scripture. But the fact that I can say, you took me to your word. You're training me to get outside the boundaries of how I have previously encountered you. You see, sometimes we, we approach this so systematically. So systematically. Which isn't wrong, but it might hinder what he wants to do with you now. Our day can be and should be bathed in the presence. And then all other happenings actually flow from him. I think for me in years past, some of my thinking that it would flow from him when, would be when it would be a recognizable spiritual thing. Anybody else ever think like that? Like a recogni- like something I'd been taught about in church. I had an encounter one day when... Um, I bought my car and my son and my husband were in the room and um, the young man that was doing my finance papers um, was a devout Muslim and uh, as we talked, I began to feel the Holy Spirit moving between us and he asked me what I did and I told him and he told me, that he was Muslim and that he was in the middle of um, a fast for the, the spiritual holiday. I don't know what, you know what you call those things. And he shared with me how he had been hungry to know God since he was four years old. I was tantalized, to say the least. Because we began to have a conversation um, about our love of God. Now you understand, I'm not trying to put him in a church box. I didn't try to fit him into my doctrine. I just knew that somehow the Holy Spirit was opening up a conversation so that he could move in the midst. And I believe with all my heart that he touched the young man's heart. Because I did say, I'm born again and I'm a pastor in a church. And he continued to ask questions. And I thought, well, this is very interesting because I would have thought he would pull back in just like that. Because I'm not anywhere near where he's at. But he continued to talk. And it showed me that God is baptizing us that know him in ways that we will not repel human beings, but we will draw them close. That they can come close to him as we open our hearts and we begin to minister without judgment, even without scrutiny. I was captivated and I said, so when you, were ca- when you wanted to know, how did you know you were wanting God at four? And he said, my parents were devout. And so I asked, I asked them at four, why can we not eat for this amount of time? And they told me, we're celebrating God's goodness to us. We don't eat because we have the goodness of God that has given us food, but many do not. Not a doctrine that 
is a part of Christianity. But do you hear what my heart is saying? Because God is opening up doors for us to evangelize in a way that doesn't look like church evangelism. It looks like Jesus evangelism. Because Jesus would sit down at a well with a woman. First of all, the type of woman he shouldn't have as a holy man been sitting with in public. Second of all, who, what culture she was of. Jews were not supposed to be with. And then he sits and then he starts getting words for her. Because why? God was interacting and moving by the Holy Spirit. And what resulted? Salvation for an entire town. Church salvation? Doubt they ever went to the synagogue. I'm not meaning to be sarcastic. I'm being intentional. Because if there's one thing that I will do in the church of Jesus Christ whenever I teach and preach is encourage us to get out of our boxes that bind the movement of the Holy Spirit. We can move according to doctrine, move according to even how the Spirit would move, but not move with the impetus of personality that is us and how he could use me or you. How can he use you? How can love and compassion and acceptance and affirmation flow through us so that God is seen, not church doctrine? You see, Jesus operated perfectly in church doctrine. It's just that those who taught it didn't think it was perfect. You see, I saw that night or that day when Pastor Barry said, God didn't tell me to stop it. I saw the love of God. Someone had experienced God in a very different way. Did it seem kind of inappropriate how she danced? Yes. But what had happened to her was a major deliverance. She'd been, had her back healed. She had come off 14 medications and was learning by the Holy Spirit how to worship him in a church setting. But she'd never danced in a church setting. Goodness, so hard to see the clock. I'm going to go to sec- I'm going to do read a couple of scriptures from the Passion Translation, Second um, Corinthians, Second <sighs> Corinthians, three, verses two and three. For your very lives are our letters of recommendation, permanently engraved on our hearts, recognized and read by everybody. As a result of our ministry, you are living letters written by Christ, not with ink, but by the spirit of the living God, not carved onto stone tablets, but on the tablets of tender hearts. What's been carved on your tender heart that now you've hit a point and he's saying, let it come out. When we join to him and with him, our vision opens and we see more clearly. In that same chapter, verse 14, let me find it. Um, We see a lot of scripture in that chapter and it talks about how um, Israel, when they would read Moses and so forth, the veil still came over their eyes. They weren't perceiving the spirit of the truth. They were reading as if like we as church people would read doctrinally. And so this says, the veil has not yet been lifted from them for it is only eliminated when one is joined to the Messiah. 
Are you ready to be even further joined to the Messiah? So that maybe even some of the teaching that right now for you, that is good teaching that you've had in church, but seems to hold you captive and keep you blinded to how he wants to use your life. Is anybody offended? I hope no one's offended. Because honestly, God is coming full force at our hearts. He's coming full force at our hearts. He says, I want to so immerse you in the spirit of truth that you will be unafraid of the life I've intended for you. You'll be unintimidated, uninhibited. You will not have fear, not of how he uses you, not of how he tells you he wants you to move out, not of what he has you say and not of where he would have you to go. One of my favorite encounters that I've ever had was with that young man who wrote my finance papers. Because I saw the movement of spirit. I saw heart, both hearts, open up, unafraid of one another. He was not afraid of my doctrine, and I was not afraid of his. I know who I know. And when we know who we know, and we're unashamed, to share him. Those who don't know him, they will see him. Because it's by the Messiah, by the Christ, the veils are lifted. Not by the doctrine that I've learned to live by, which I hold church doctrine dearly. My convictions are made out of these truths. But how I use my personal convictions, I don't put them on other people. They were convictions given to me. I give other people the truth and the love and compassion of God by the Holy Spirit so that they can have their own convictions. First Peter 2.9. Such a beautiful scripture in the Passion. I love it. And since we're looking at moving out of kingdom and into Holy Spirit... I think this is perfect to look at, if I can find it. Oh, I'm in 2 Peter. 1 Peter. 1 Peter 2.9. Such a familiar scripture, right? But you are God's chosen treasure. Priests who are kings. You understand kingdom is the domain of the king. But Jesus is the king of kings. So that the authority he walked with, he wants us to walk with. Priests who are kings, a spiritual nation set apart as God's devoted ones. He called you out of darkness to experience his marvelous light. And now he claims you as his very own. It's crazy. He claims you as his very own. This is what hit me when I read that today. He's still calling us out of darkness. Do you understand that what was light for me up to this point, if I stay there, it's not major light anymore. Because the point is not to reach a point where you never need any more teaching, never need any more um, indoctrination by the Spirit, never, never think that you need to know a scripture deeper. Brother Kenneth Hagin studied in Mark and studied it his entire ministry life, his entire life, and kept getting revelation out of it to the day he took his last breath. That kind of stuff rocks me. He ate and ate and ate and ate and ate 
some more and digested it. And when he digested it, it made him realize there's more there. Go eat some more and eat some more and eat some more. And he should have died at 16. He's still calling you out of darkness in order for you to experience a life filled with light. Do you recognize the voice that tells you that you've entered a dark area? That can be ouchy, can it? It, I mean, I I said the other day when I did um, my live on Monday afternoon, I said, some of the thoughts I have, you guys would be absolutely appalled. But you understand that thoughts don't all come from us. There's seeds that are planted. There is stuff floating around in the atmosphere. There are, you know, entire um, ideologies flying around us right now. I want you to know, guard your heart with all diligence. Guard your ears and guard your soul. Because there are ideologies circling around right now that are intentionally directed to divide you from the safety of Holy Spirit and the Spirit of Christ. Take a deep breath, because when you feel yourself inside kind of start to plummet, something happened. You heard something or ate something, no condemnation. I was thinking about that. I always say to you guys, no condemnation. However, I'm saying that because, you know, it's not like God's going to whoop you up or something. But when you don't listen or learn for that voice and you start pressing further and further into darkness... It's almost like you set yourself up that there's a resistance where he can't help. He can't guard. He can't protect. Not that he wouldn't want to. Do you understand that? It's not his judgment. It's our choice. When we make choices, I don't want to move further, Lord. I'm afraid. I'm intimidated. I'm scared. I don't like to talk in public. I don't want to teach the word. I don't know if I know enough. What if the people come up to me afterwards and ask me a question and I don't know the answer? Well, I've come to the point now where if you ask me a question, I don't know the answer. I'll say, I don't know. I don't know. I said to one person one time, you know, I never thought of that. That never entered my thinking. But there was a day I'd have been scared spitless to say that because I thought, I need to know. I'm supposed to know. No, that's another doctrinal box that sets you up. It's called, are you ready for what it's called? Phariseeism. We know, and we'll give you the answers, and this is how you walk the right way. They said it to Jesus. Your disciples don't even wash their hands or their implements. I would love to have seen the look on his face. I'd actually pay money for it if there could have been a snapshot of the look on his face, like, you know, like, hmm. And if I had been there with him, I'd say, is that sarcasm? But think about it. Jesus literally rocked the traditional world, traditional religion. He's doing it again, guys. He's doing it again. Can you feel it? The sacred moment tonight was him. He's, He's touching hearts. He's We have a young man, a worship pastor that stood at this piano tonight and got rocked. Glory to God. 
Thank you, Jesus. That kind of leadership that will lead and, and handle the reins. But when Jesus says, come a little closer. I want to read um, a passage of scripture and I'll end with this. I think I have time to do it. The only way, this isn't the scripture yet. I'm going to read from the message. The only way to actually learn and grow in moving in godly power is to live intimately involved with God. And you know, sometimes for me, I don't know how to go deeper with him. I don't know what that's going to mean. So I'll just say to him, I want to be more involved with you. I, I want to learn the new things. I don't know what you're saying right now. I don't have a context for it. I don't, um, I'm sure I have word and truth there, but I don't really know what you're expecting right now. But I'm teachable, God. I'm, I want you. I want you. And I want you to be able to want me the way you want me. I want to be there for you. The way you want me to be there. And be filled with your life. So I will say, you know, if he asks a question, I don't know. The prophet did that. He said, I don't know, God. You know. (laughs) Itagogic. Only God knows, right? That's agic. Itic is I don't know. Agic is O-G-K. Only God knows. So I want to read to you 2 Peter uh, chapter 1, verses 1 to 11. Um, I love Peter. He was such a wreck. He was so passionate and, and so impetuous. So impetuous. I, Simon Peter, am a servant and apostle of Jesus Christ. I write this to you whose experience with God is as life-changing as ours all due to our God's straight dealing and the intervention of our God and Savior, Jesus Christ. Grace and peace to you many times over as you deepen in your experience with God and Jesus, our Master. Everything that goes into a life of pleasing God has been miraculously given to us by getting to know personally and intimately the one who invited us to God. The best invitation. Is that not crazy? Everything that goes into a life of pleasing God's already been given to us. We just got to swim in the water. The best invitation we ever received. We were also given absolutely terrific promises to pass on to you. Your tickets to participation in the life of God after you turned your back on a world corrupted by lust. So don't lose a minute in building on what you've been given, complementing your basic faith with good character, spiritual understanding, alert discipline, passionate patience, reverent wonder, warm friendliness, and generous love, each dimension fitting into and developing the others. With these qualities active and growing in your lives, no grass will grow under your feet. No day will pass without its reward as you mature in your experience of our master Jesus. Without these qualities, you can't see what's right before you. Obvious that your old sinful life has been wiped off the books. So friends, confirm God's invitation to you, his choice of you. Don't put it off. 
Do it now. Do this and you'll have your life on firm footing. The streets paved and the way wide open into the eternal kingdom of our master and savior, Jesus Christ. Because the stakes are so high, even though you're up to date on all this truth and practice it inside and out, I'm not going to let up for a minute in calling you to attention before it. This is the post to which I've been assigned, keeping you alert with frequent reminders, and I'm sticking to it as long as I live. That's what I'm doing tonight. I'm sticking to it as long as I live. I will challenge myself. I will challenge you. Never stop short in your growth with God. Never for fear or concern of what it will look like. Never hold back on the Holy Spirit. What would be the worst thing that would happen? Maybe you would do something that someone else would not perceive as God. And you and maybe get corrected. Oh, well. Somebody comes and they correct you and say, I don't think that was God. Then you could say, I felt it was. I'm sorry if you're offended. You see, we've got to come to a place where we don't just operate in a box that's pre-prescribed for what Christians look like. Who should be telling us what Christians, what we as Christians look like? Jesus. Holy Spirit. He wants to seize us with power. Will we recognize it if it's not already familiar? Possibly not. But if you have an inclination, and I say that to you with worship and things here, you have an inclination, move, stretch your wings, worship differently. Don't be afraid that you're going to be judged or put down. Love God with all your heart. Move with all the power that you feel is moving on you. You see, there's floods to happen in this earth that many people in the church will say, that is not Christ. And that's exactly what the Pharisees did. They didn't believe that Christ was Christ. They'd been taught for hundreds of years about what the Messiah would look like and be like and how he would feel. They were taught covenant. And when he came, they called him Beelzebub. Do you know what that means? Lord of the flies. Do you know what flies land on? Come on, guys. There's some foolishness that will take hold of people in religious ways. And if you're going to move from deep inside the wells of spirit that are in you, you have to get unafraid and say, go ahead, Holy Spirit, seize me. Seize me. And this school of word and worship, this house actually, but I will say to you on Wednesday nights, we've even got room. It's not a packed room. You can go anywhere in this room. You can get on your face, not get on your face, kneel, stand, twirl, dance, scream, don't scream, cry, laugh. It doesn't matter. What is the spirit of God doing in your heart at the moment that you feel is him? Start having the nerve to let go to it. This is a school of word and worship, a school of word and worship, and the two are actually married. So we worship when we worship, but we also worship when the word is taught. And when we worship, sometimes the word is being taught by the Holy Spirit himself. And he may prompt you to sing a song because he wants you to hear yourself speak truth. And then because of our authority in the earth... When we sing, when we speak truth, when we release ourselves, we're making decrees right out into the atmosphere. And the Holy Spirit himself is able to seize this realm. 
because we're moving from within the kingdom. So now, guys, starting next week, we're going into the person of the Holy Spirit. So what I've said tonight has dropped like seeds, and I declare in the name of Jesus that you will have nerve next week to come to know him in a new way. And when you come to know him in a new way, it will be progressively, like present continuous. It won't just stop like, oh, I know him this way, now I can stop. No, you're going to keep going till you take last breath and they either put you in an urn or a box you will continue to grow in the holy spirit to prophesy to speak to sing to love people to go to everyday happenings and let the holy spirit do a vivacious interaction between you and whoever sits across from you no matter what they believe about god or anything else because what we believe about god is the truth of his love And his acceptance of all of mankind. Father we love you. We love you Father God. We treasure you precious Holy Spirit. Jesus thank you for baptizing us in Holy Spirit. Thank you for present continuously baptizing us. With your Holy Spirit. The very spirit of the anointed one. We release ourselves right now. And we purpose that as we enter this new course. We're not going to view it like a course. Where we've got to learn things and memorize them. We're going to let go. We're going to let you actually move in this room with us every single week. And then captivate us and seize us throughout the coming days. Father, you're so faithful. We honor you and love you in Jesus' name. I love you guys. Have a great rest of your week.